This is episode 355 of the AWS podcast, released on February 9, 2020. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by a very special guest from the education public sector. And our guest today is David Merriweather, and he's the Vice President of Cloud Ops and Site Reliability for Macmillan Learning. Welcome to the podcast, David. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you on the show because we always like to have a conversation where we can kind of combine technology and people because they kind of come together. So we'll, we'll get to the nub of what we're going to talk about, but maybe for our global audience, can you give us a, a bit of an understanding of, of what Macmillan Learning does and is and, and your role within that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so Macmillan Learning is, uh, is an ed tech company, started as a uh, publisher and got into the digital space about 15 years ago, much like most publishers did. Uh, we've got, uh, we're owned by Holtzbrink Publishing, which is a $2 billion company out of Stuttgart, uh, Germany. And with that comes 175 years of, of really rich history in the publishing business. Uh, names that you might know, like Scientific American and Springer Nature came out of that same uh, group. We are uh, kind of a culmination of a publishing and a, a digital first company that were put together back in 2016. Uh, it was Macmillan Higher Ed was a publishing company and Macmillan New Venture was uh, kind of a startup incubator that uh, Macmillan was kind of testing with or experimenting with and they brought together some of the best of breed in uh, technology and ed-, ed tech. And since then, we've uh, come out of that with kind of a, a transformation from of a legacy publishing company, a legacy technology company, into really a, a really rich next-gen type company. And it's interesting, you, you, your talking point about the, the transformation is transformation in, in any organization is hard. However, with, with organizations that have a, a rich and deep history, it's probably even harder because it's like, well, we've done this for, you know, 100 odd years. Uh, why do we need to change yet? If anything, education has faced one of the most dramatic changes since the age of the internet, um, changing of modality of learning, location of learning, the types of information we have access to, how we consume it. How did did you get your head around that in terms of what you had to do from a transformation perspective? That's a good question. So we, we, uh, the entrenchment that you you speak of uh, came in twofold. Part of it is publishing has a very traditional process uh, whereby authors develop content and then that content becomes kind of a, a medium that goes into different types of digital uh, uh, outputs. So you could think of that as an audible book or you could think of that as a online uh, lesson course. Uh, you could also think of that as assessment or some other type of uh, learning tool. And I think we were fortunate enough, at least in our industry, that the the market was changing and leading that transformation. Now, a lot of companies uh, were able to transform to where the market uh, was. What we were always shooting for is transforming to where the market's going to be. And you have a lot of culture blending that has to happen across, particularly technology and uh, the areas of the business that are those traditional publishing or traditional uh, ed tech areas of the business. 
and uh, it was it was difficult, but it was really really uh, the output you know the outcome was was really exciting to watch people go from uh, what they thought they could do to now something completely different and enabled in areas that uh, they had never thought they would ever be. Yeah, yeah, and that that blending I think is really interesting that you mentioned because. I think you had some some platforms that were acquired and they were already cloud native in AWS. So you kind of had here's here's the the cloud native world, but you also had some pretty significant products that were colo data center based, and you you wanted to kind of do that migration. So maybe talk us through that process and and how it was from I guess from a, a mechanical <laughs> IT perspective, but also from that that cultural perspective. Yeah, uh, you're speaking of our Launchport Pad platform. Yes. The, the the two businesses that I spoke of, Macmillan Higher Ed, Launchpad was their flagship product. And the, the title of the new venture would be things like uh, Sapling Learning and Late Night Labs and, and a lot of those, what I say, digital first uh, companies that were born and bred in the cloud. Uh, but for Launchpad, it was, the, it was built to be a publishing platform uh, as opposed to what some people would think is a courseware type platform. And in that, uh, a lot of the the processes coming out of that that legacy thinking uh, built out very traditional operations and very traditional uh, engineering type practices. And so, uh, a lot of the efficiencies that you see in in kind of the the unicorn type companies that would allow for rapid development and such uh, just weren't there. So when Launchpad uh, did their migration that started in 2016, and there was a, a couple teams that were working on it uh, back then, in July we, we moved, uh, and I say me, uh, I was not part of that, but uh, McMillan, moved uh, half of our primary systems to AWS. And in that, uh, it was a very arduous process of what I would say mechanical effort. When uh, that platform was put up into AWS and it was running in kind of a hybrid, right? So it had a colo uh, uh, data center and about 25% of it was setting up in uh, AWS. Uh, there was a second effort that was uh, supposed to start in, in July after that uh, initial migration. Through transitions in leadership, transitions in technology, transitions in direction, uh, it got delayed. I ended up uh, coming into this role from an engineering leadership role in the same company. So I was in uh, uh, originally working for uh, Sapling Learning. Mm. And the coming into this role was because I was used to all of our platforms being uh, built in the cloud. Coming into this role, I got an opportunity to uh, go through that, that process and kind of see firsthand what you should do to do it right. And so some of the mechanical stuff, let me just talk to that. Uh, Some of the mechanical stuff, Amazon was, as far as support and the technologies that they gave for that migration were incredible. Just to give you some uh, perspective, we moved uh, 800 servers in six weeks between the 1st of November and uh, December 31st. We had a we had a substantial license liability that was hanging over our, our head uh, that we had to be out of the colo by uh, that date, mm. and 
a lot of prep that probably should have been done hadn't been done up until uh, I took the role in the end of October. So we uh, we brought in uh, an AWS partner and utilized a lot of the uh, migration tools that are built right into uh, to Amazon. And I would say with the exception of about 2% of the servers, it was a fairly seamless process of bringing those those VMware instances out of our pillow and into uh, Amazon and took us probably six months between January and uh, July to level set everything and were able to get pretty stable by uh, the end of the year. And uh, that was a huge accomplishment for the, the teams, but uh, we owe a lot of it to uh, you know, the technology that AWS gave us. I think that's a really interesting story too, because I mean that the the scale of the number of servers and the the time frame is is uh, whilst on the one hand kind of scary, it's probably not unfamiliar to many listeners because uh, I guess we've all ended up in uh, situations in our career where commercial drivers drive the IT outcomes. So, you know, would you necessarily want to have to move eight hundred servers? Probably not. Probably had better things to do. However, um, it made a lot of business sense to do so. So, being able to do it quickly is important. And I guess the other thing, the, the, the sort of forcing function that, that creates is the the exposure of of those teams who are working on the systems in the, the colo data center, I guess, had to upskill themselves and, and be enabled on, on AWS. Absolutely. And that was, you know, from a cultural perspective, you were talking about that earlier, that was one of the first things we had to do was change the, uh, the hearts and minds and, you know, how how running in a data center and running in AWS are very different worlds and how you think through the process of developing cloud native applications or cloud native services. And when you use AWS services, you know, the, the buy versus build uh, type of mentality in the cloud is completely different. I'm happy to say that of our data center, the a shared services group that still had uh, some of our uh, legacy uh, exchange and legacy uh, Microsoft products out there that weren't part of our, our uh, essential uh, product lines. Those are set to be uh, potentially moved out by mid this year. And uh, we will be essentially 100% AWS native. It's exciting. And I think it's, it's interesting the, the part you talk about in terms of those existing teams and enabling them to be to be ready, not just I guess from a technical perspective, but to to understand the why, and 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 what the point is, and to to be coming from a position of knowledge. And right. you focused a lot with your teams on on certification and other things. Maybe maybe talk to us a little bit about some of those learning plans because I think it's fascinating to see a, a learning organization and a teaching organization like Macmillan uh, do, do it themselves. You know, learn themselves. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh I've been in EdTech for a very, very long time, and that's one of the, the core tenets uh, from a cultural perspective that I carry with me wherever I go. And it was back in 2000, it was late 2000 or early 2018, that I wanted to take our technology group, both our uh, engineers in, in my group and our engineers in the uh, product development group, and I wanted to raise up the game. And part of that was I, I felt a lot of engineers just didn't have the experience to be part of the conversation. And we really wanted the engineers to take ownership of these platforms. Mm. 
and uh, we would go into meetings and there would be uh, sessions where we would be talking about implementations, whether it's AWS services, Lambda, or something of that nature, or we were just talking about how to, you know, structure microservices uh, across whether you're talking about uh, Kubernetes or Docker or any other technology like that. And it, it became very, very obvious to me that we were, we were speaking multiple languages there. So I set out in, in our organization to set a goal to be 100% AWS certified. Never expecting to get 100% AWS certified, but I set that out there, that audacious goal, because people can rally around that. Mm. And I'm happy to say that the team absolutely rallied around that. And uh, we currently have... 67 uh, people that have been trained in our team, teams made up of about uh, 210 engineers. And we now have uh, 46 certifications. Four of those are either advanced, professional, or specialty. So That's those are some uh, pretty, pretty incredible numbers uh, yeah. in one year's time. And, and I think it's really interesting. You talked about having that, that position of knowledge to speak from and that common understanding. How did you see some of the, the team interactions change once people had that shared understanding of what it was they were working with? Oh yeah, that was incredible. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's so stark to see the difference between, you know, one group of people that are talking about whether you're talking about a deployment process or an, an architectural decision uh, where you quite literally have had one half of the room sitting out and the other half. Now we actually get into heated debates about, <laughs> and this is the entire room. And that is, that is wonderful. It is, it is very, very pleasant discourse around how we should architect what services we should, we should use. Sometimes it gets to the point where we actually have to bring in, uh, one of the, uh, tech teams, individuals from AWS to, help us kind of break the, the gridlock on, you know, <laughs> what is the best approach. And that's just something that wasn't there. It was all an elite group of people that made decisions and then everybody else uh, tried to figure out what that meant. Mm. And so. So it's changed it to kind of like a, like, like a, uh, a competition of good ideas versus just opinions. Right. Right. And the second thing was uh, individuals started wearing the certifications like a badge of honor. And they were putting them up in their cubes and they were adding them to their Slack uh, logo. And cool. it changed the way people felt about themselves in their own organization and their own role. And so I'm, I'm extremely pleased with, with what we've done so far. And it, it's just going to get bigger and bigger uh, in 2020. Well, speaking of that, I think you know, Macmillan's gone through a really interesting process of, of uh, acquisition of, of cloud native digital first ed techs and having the, the existing legacy systems and migrating those across. And now you're sort of looking forward and saying, well, we know how to build cloud native. We know how to go all in on a cloud platform. Let's build the next thing that really takes it to the next level. So I, I believe you've got a, a new generation product coming out that's going to be kind of from the ground up, all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, achieve. And it's, it's uh, uh, not only technical from the ground up, our entire development process that starts, you know, with 
the, the UX team and the research team and the uh, learning sciences team out on the forefront working with the uh, customers, developing or co-developing our next generation product that's coming out as a as an outcome of all this effort over the last year and a half is called Achieve. And from the standpoint of just the process by which we built it, it is through and through what I would call cloud native. And that begins, like I say, with the architects building microservices and building out a kind of shared or common uh, understanding of those services and then allowing tool teams to work with the educators themselves around things like assessment, around uh, writing, around reading, around different areas of educational pedagogical best practices. And then of course the UX and, and learning science and product were able to rapidly run through these prototypes because we had already built the infrastructure to allow that to happen. And so, you know, without geeking out on the kind of technology side, what really happened was we through and through became a different company. And that change or transformation has spread into areas that I would have never thought it might, like CX and customer support. And and that's interesting you say that, you know, it is very easy as as IT professionals to geek out on the the underpinnings and the, the the frameworks and the components and that sort of stuff. However, when we think about the the experience that Macmillan's trying to deliver to its customers, really your main focus is on that that learning experience and that learning science team and the, the process of, of learning and retaining information and how it works best. And you've started to apply a lot of right. new technology to that, not as the outcome itself, but as underpinnings to that process. So, you know, big data, machine learning, analytics, maybe help us understand a little bit more about how those, those learning science teams and the like make that learner experience better as a result of these things being available. Sure, yeah. So it, a lot of it began with kind of a research framework they created to help assess their progress. And through that framework, uh, we were able to start collecting data that would help to, um, you know, assert either I, our hypothesis was accurate or inaccurate. And from that research and on all the data we collected, they were able to also take learning or knowledge, I should say, that they were that was being gained from the process and turn around and productize it. And so our, our dashboards product, I, I call it a product, it's more of a feature, but that dashboard platform is actually an outcome of uh, all the learning science that we were collecting through the uh, initial development process, but then also into the beta process. Mm. And I think that's from the standpoint of what I see as a next generation platform for learning, that is something that we have far and wide outpace anybody else in the market. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that evolves and changes as, as more data is gathered and we see what, what, are, what good outcomes look like. And the fact that the iteration cycles are so much quicker now compared to the past, I think, makes, makes a big difference in terms of the types of services you can provide to your customers. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of our ability to do that really comes from leveraging AWS services because they're ready-built. 
And so we used right off the bat, we chose to buy wherever we could because the service would allow us to utilize uh, or consume only what we needed. And so we were able to rapidly prototype using different types of services in AWS and not have to worry about the infrastructure that it required to keep that, that moving. Mm. And as that we evolved over the last uh, year and a half, we've transitioned in places where we felt like we needed to own more of a kind of skin in that game and other areas where we've actually kind of pulled back and said, you know, we could easily do this with Lambda. We don't need to build out servers to do this. And so that's been an interesting journey relative to what we were talking about earlier. And people from, from the standpoint of learning uh, what's available in AWS through the third certification process, but also learning what's possible through the conversations and kind of the, the mentorship across groups like architecture and engineering and our SRE team and our traditional cloud operations team, the the understanding of, of what both the advantages and the limitations are of each one of the services and where they fit in to help accelerate, you know, kind of our rapid cycles. And, and also I think another element that would be really great to dive into is, you know, there's a, a big uh, battle out there for talent, for great uh, IT talent, developer talent, operational talent, etc. How has this shift in the way you've tackled things at McMillan changed the the employee experience and made you more attractive as an employer of choice? Yeah, there's a there's probably one person in, in our organization, one of our director of, of uh, HR that has been kind of a, a solid partner through this journey. And he has helped myself and others that are kind of on this path for transformation, has helped take some of the great things that we're doing and actually make those visible to the outside world. And so he's building out kind of the branding side of, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but we're the best kept secret, right? <laughs> So getting that out there into the world and getting people to a point where they, they understand that working here is challenging. You're, you're around a lot of really talented people. You're expected to learn constantly. You're expected to always have great ideas, right? And most people, at least that I've ever worked with, thrive in that. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they want to come to work and they want to kind of cut their teeth every day on some, some new idea, some, uh, uh, some great next thing. And they want to experiment, they want to play and they want to try. And so I think, uh, I think in 2020, you're probably going to see a lot more about, uh, what it is we do under the covers. And there's probably going to be a, a lot more. Uh, general excitement about what it means to work for McMillan Learning and how it challenges people, both intellectually and, and emotionally. Yeah, it, it covers many, many parts of the uh, employee experience, which is, uh, which is nice. I guess we all like to do work that we can see uh, made real in the real world rather than just being uh, kind of internally focused. Yeah, and, and a big part of our culture, a big part of our mission is about helping students. And that's easy to put on a bumper sticker, right? We, we're helping students. 
but we actually get to talk to the students and say, come here, we've got a learning, a uh, UX learning lab here. And these students are constantly coming in and out of that learning lab uh, right here in our engineering group. And those kids are the ones that, you know, I've always wanted to be a chemist, but I couldn't get through general chemistry. Right. And so that, that person is going to go into business because they can't get past some limitation in the teaching process as opposed to some limitation in the learning process. Uh, we firmly believe anybody is capable of learning if that learning is provided to them in the right manner or in the right mode. And so we really do change lives. We change the future of, of a lot of kids that are, you know, just kind of getting started in life in, in college, high school and college. And that's meaningful. That's absolutely meaningful. Yeah, it's a tr- tremendous mission. David, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today and uh, sharing some insights uh, into Macmillan Learning. You're very welcome. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be here and thankful that uh, you gave me this opportunity. Anytime. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to send it. And until next time, keep on building.